let's get cranking right to this right away. Luke 24, Luke 24, Luke 24. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 24, let me know when you get there by saying amen. Amen. I heard two amen, so y'all still looking? Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. So New Testament. Bible school started this week, too. Amen? On Wednesday. Praise the Lord. I've been working hard. I don't want to get behind. I don't want Barbara having to call me. <laughs> Pastor, you've fallen behind. No. I did that last year. I fell behind last year. I'm not going to let that happen again this year. Praise the Lord. Are you in Luke? 24? All right, I'm going to read verses 46 through 49. When you have it, say amen. amen. Okay, let's read it together. Ready, read. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Today we're talking on the subject again, the anointing which you have, the anointing which you have. Father God, we receive the word of God today with thanksgiving and meekness Lord is able to save our souls. I pray that God you give me divine utterance to minister your word. I pray that your people have open hearts, open ears, open eyes to receive your word and I pray that God there'll be no hindrance from the enemy's forces to stop the word from going forth. Let it go forth Lord and minister to the lives of your people we pray in Jesus name. Amen, amen. and amen. Alright the anointing which you have. I've talked to you last week about how Satan is attacking the body of Christ attacking those who are anointed. He's attacking us because he's trying to separate us from that anointing. Remember I told you this. He's not afraid of you. He's afraid of the anointed you. You understand that? It's not you. It's not your body. It's not your good looks that give the devil pause. It's not your knowledge of Bible scripture that makes the devil upset. It's the anointing that's on your life. And I told you he's tempting. He's coming against people in, in false teaching. Right? Fleshly temptations and fiery trials. He's coming against God's people. Come on, guys. Come on. So I was showing you the fact that once you get born again, you are anointed. Right? Remember 1 John 2? Put, put 1 John 2.20. And we'll see verse 27 as well. Because it's very important you know this. I was, I was so happy to hear we were talking. Um, I was talking with uh, my brother and sister-in-law here sister here last week and after the service and they were talking about how just that day before uh, they had been a discussion about having in the anointing sometimes you just don't feel like I don't think or even I don't think I have an anointing and just for the, the Lord to interrupt that this whole series we've been on about you know on looking from the super from the from the natural to deal with this it's important I told her, I said it's your fault that God brought this word because obviously God needs his people to know he needs us to know listen ladies, listen Listen to me, listen to me, listen, listen. Y'all listening? Yeah. God doesn't want us sitting here being in awe of Pastor Caleb or Pastor Kiyashi or, or, or Pastor Aaliyah or Minister Aaliyah or, or, or Brother Saxon he doesn't, he, or Pastor John or Apostle Durbin. He doesn't need us in awe. 
Because if you are in awe, you become a cheerleader on the sideline. And God doesn't need us as cheerleaders. He needs every one of us to know that we all, you have an anointing. Tell your neighbor, you have an anointing. 1 John 2.20 says it this way, but you have an anointing. You have an anointing. Now remember verse 18, he's talking to the little children, which means young children physically, but it also means even the immature Christian. I almost asked how many immature Christians I have, and your people are like, oh yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. But my point is, even if you're just newly born again, even if you just got born again this past week in, the, in that revival, you already have an anointing, little children. Glory to God. That, that's, what, that's what McCoy got the, the revelation of. It wasn't just repeated information. He got a revelation of it. That you have an anointing. I have an anointing. Even as a child, I have an anointing. He says in verse 20, he says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Verse 27, verse 27 says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. So that anointing, we talked about, it lives in you and everywhere you go, you carry that same anointing. Everybody say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Say, I have, an I have an anointing. Hallelujah. Now that anointing may manifest itself in various ways, but you have an anointing. Every one of us. And God doesn't want us sitting here just, well, I'm waiting on somebody to come along and they can pray us through. Somebody to come along and they can lay hands. Somebody can come along and they can prophesy. No, you have an anointing yourself. Hallelujah. Ushers have an anointing. Hallelujah. Greeters have an anointing. Everybody who serves, you have an anointing. Even if you don't serve, you have an anointing that you're sitting on. You have an anointing that you're sitting on. God wants you to get off your Holy Ghost butt. I'm just, I'm just satisfied in the Holy Ghost. Get off your Holy Ghost satisfied butt and serve God in some way. Serve his people. You got it? Because anointing is not for you. It's for you to serve. Y'all got this? All right, now, Galatians 3.27, we saw this last week. It says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Brother Saxon brought that out on, Wednesday, on Friday night about baptizing the Holy Ghost. You come out with the Holy Ghost. You come out covered in the Holy Ghost. It's like if you were baptized in oil, you come out oily. So you've been baptized into Christ or the anointed one and his anointing, you come out with that anointing. Got it? So when you're born again, you're baptized into the anointing and you come out with the anointing. All right, let me keep going here. Now, I also showed you in 1 John 2.20 and verse 27 that he said, you know all things, verse, verse 20, right? Yes, sir. And then verse 27 says, and the anointing will teach you all things right. or concerning all things. So the Holy Ghost or the anointing on your life is a teacher. The, the anointing on your life brings the wisdom of God. Y'all yes, got this here. So you and I never need to go around um, ignorant about anything. <laughs> the anointing is a teacher. Y'all got it. Thank you, Lord. The anointing is powerful. We were here Wednesday night, and uh, as uh, we had the altar call going on here, and people were getting ministered to, and then we saw at least one demon manifest. At least one. There were others that were dealt with quickly. 
but we had one that wanted to fight. And, you know, people were, you know, maybe some people not used to that kind of freaking out. What's all that screaming? What's all that stuff? It's just demons. They're real. Demons are real. I said demons are real. That's why you can't play with that stuff. You can't play with all the astrology. You can't play with all the sage. You can't play with all the candles. You can't play with all the yoga. You can't play with all the... Uh, my, my, uh, my old Ira's daughter called me this morning, happy birthday, dad, and all that kind of good stuff. And she said, uh, I said, you going to church today, right? She said, I'm going. They have a church anniversary this weekend. She said, yeah, our church, they had uh, this guy come in and sing Friday night gospel concert. She said, oh, last night they had, they had a... Um, uh, uh, Hawaiian night. I said, Hawaiian night? She said, yeah. She said, they had the whole Polynesian dancers come in. I said, do you know that that is religion? When you go and they do the little hula dancing, that's not just dance. It's religion. Y'all quiet on me. Y'all go somewhere and they paint all the henna on you and you try to know that's religion. You can't separate the, their religion from their actions. Their, it's religion. I said, your, your church had hula dancers? Apollonia? Really? They're dancing to their gods. Okay, I, I said, I said, I already told you to find another church. I already told you that. I already told you to find another one. Anyway, so I was talking about these demons, right? And so I'm talking about how the anointing teaches you all things. And so uh, I'm standing over there and I'm ministering. I'm, I'm letting, you know, the guests minister because this is what brought it, y'all minister. And uh, I'm just praying in tongues and praying over the group. And I hear, man, they're in a battle back there. It's boom, 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 boom. Ah! Boom, 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 boom. Wah! Boom, boom, boom. It's, it's, a, it's a demon battle. Y'all heard it, right? I mean, you didn't need discerning of spirits to know this. That was a live demon back there. I'm live. And so far, I said, I had enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. Let me go back there. And then all the people working, they're doing a good job. They're ministering. And, and what I'm going to come do is add my anointing to their anointing. But I understand that I carry, because of the apostolic mantle on my life, if you allow this, please don't get offended. There's a different level of anointing on my life. So I'm not, I'm not trying to put anybody, but there's just a different level. And I understood, okay, I need to add my level to that because this would go on till, till the next Thursday and Friday, and I don't have time to do that. We're going to deal with this devil now before you tear up all of our furniture and everything. And I go back there, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is important. I don't know who said it, uh, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel anointed. I didn't feel anointed. And I'm trying to get you to understand that anointing is not a feeling. It's a fact. And so I walked back there in the fact of my anointing. And so we're doing all the things you do when you're casting out devils. You commanding the devils come out in Jesus' name and everything and all that kind of stuff. And we're, we got to hold, we're trying to hold, we are holding this body down because demons are strong. 
And that little girl was a little tiny, little small little girl. But demons, boy, it, it took four of us, five of us almost, to hold this little girl down. Am I right about that? Because I, I remember my old church, I, we, we went to cast the devil out. You remember this boy? That went to cast this devil out. This boy was manifesting at church. And 12 years old, 12 years old boy, 12 year old boy. And the de- demon manifesting. And it took all, like, four deacons holding this little boy down. You remember that, Becky? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, no, that's it. I went, well, David, nobody knows who David is, but that's his name, David. I remember very well. And, and to the, in fact, one time, y'all better listen to me don't about this because you, see, you've been anointed to deal with this. Because there are people that are going to manifest all, all around here. In this, in this age we have, that we're in now, demons are going to manifest more and more and more. And you can't say, ooh, I better call my pastor. No, 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 no. You have an anointing. I'm, I'm looking down this road. Y'all got it? You have an anointing on this road. Okay, y'all have an anointing on this road right here. Okay, y'all have an anointing over here. And that little boy, uh, he, he was manifesting. And uh, don't, don't let me forget the girl. And so, so manifesting. And so we ended up one time at his house. And I watched that little boy, when, when the demon stopped manifesting, he was, he was into uh, X-Men. Y'all, y'all remember X-Men? He was into X-Men. See, when y'all think these little cartoons and these little movies, these little characters mean nothing, these little video games, we got the little kids playing on their little cell phones now, they mean nothing. I'm telling you, that's a lie. Because he manifested as Wolverine. The demon manifested as Wolverine. That's one of the characters on X-Men. He manifested Wolverine. I watched that little boy with my own eyes take a couch. You know, a couch like three or four of us sit on, grab one leg of it and pick it up. But what am I going to do? I can't run. See, if I don't do something, that boy's going to tear something up. What do I do? I cast the devil out. I cast the devil out. Tell your neighbor, you have that same anointing. Don't tell them, don't you ever run from a devil. Tell them, tell, you, tell them again, don't you ever run from a devil. Oh boy, some of y'all got big eyes this morning. I'm telling you. I'm going to just tell y'all parents now, listen, some of these get, you better watch what you let your kids play and stick in a phone or stick in an iPad in their face all day long. If you don't think demons are real, ask that little girl who's back here the other night. Right, she's up here, and she has this, this medallion on her necklace, and the moment Pastor Caleb and them come over to lay hands on her, and they, they saw, because they saw, you can see sometimes the eyes were rolling back in the head. That's how you know demon manifest. There's visible signs. The medallion popped off. It's kind of like, remember the Ark of the Covenant? When they took the Ark of the Covenant into Dagon's temple? And the Ark of the Covenant, which, which had God's presence, Dagon, the false god, it fell. There was so much anointing in here Wednesday night, Thursday and Friday, that that medallion just, it just popped off her neck. It's 
See, some of y'all, boy, I'm about to go back on this unhooking from the natural here because, see, some of us are so natural, we say well, she need to be medicated. No, she need to be delivered. And so let me get back in this thing here about the anointing teaching. And so when I go back there now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add my anointing because I've got some experience. I've, we've been called, who was that went to, I don't know who went with me. Paul and somebody went to a house, girl, one of the girls here in this church, we went to her house and, and had to cast the devil out of her. And I remember one, one Sunday I was up here preaching and uh, I, I started talking about the blood of Jesus Christ and a girl fell right on the floor, boom, and started manifesting the devil. Boy, people, some people scattered. It was like, whoa. I remember there were some guests I had. They were guests. I knew them from growing up. But they were a member of a, of a, um, a local Baptist church, I'll put it that way. Uh, the biggest Baptist church, black Baptist church around here. Remember that church? Man, that, that girl fell on that ground, started manifesting. Boy, they got up, they left. They left. They didn't stay for the message or nothing. They said, oh. See, but those kind of demons manifest in their kids. You and Andrew were ministering to a lady one day. I don't know why I'm on this, but this is our time right here. They ministered to a lady, one, a lady one day back in the back hallway. She was barking back there, and and we heard it. And we, but watch this. We heard it by the Spirit. We heard all this boom, 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 boom. And and I, I said, Deacon Gershon, go back there and check and see what's going on. And he went back there. They, they were just sitting. But we heard a rumble in the spirit. In other words, God gave us as a massive group discerning of spirits. He let us, oh boy. He gave us a manifestation of his spirit as a group. We heard in the spirit, Joe. Demons are real. Just take this but the anointing is realer. I know that's not a proper word, but the anointing is realer. The anointing that you have, greater is he, greater is he, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You carry a greater power inside you and on your life then the devil can, now listen, when somebody has a demon manifested, manifesting in them, or they, they have demons, they, they're, they have demons, not the devil. Demons. Now, why is that important? Because Jesus already whipped the devil. He said in, in Luke 10, he said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. That's Luke 10, right around verse 18. Put that up, 18, 19, 20. Luke 10, 19. Put up in the, Luke 10, yeah, he, 18. He said, and I, I said, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He already booped him. So if Jesus already defeated the big one, y'all didn't hear me. 
if he already beat the big one, then the little ones that manifest in your child or your cousin or your neighbor or your coworker or a stranger on the street, you have enough anointing in your pinky finger. I don't know why God's got us here, but he's got us here for a reason. He have enough anointing in your pinky finger to deal with every demon the devil manifests in anybody. Say, I have an anointing. Say it again, I have an anointing. And the anointing teaches me concerning all things. 1 John 2, 27. So I go back there. Laquana, y'all are doing a good job. Y'all ministering to the girl, and y'all are holding her down and ministering, keeping her from hurting herself because she was, I mean, the, and, and here, here's what the demon kept saying. I'm going to kill her. I will kill her. I will kill her. I will kill her. And he was trying to kill her. Right back there, trying to kill her. Pastor, all that was happening while we was in church? Yes. Wednesday night, all that was going on while y'all back here. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, the glory to God. I was thinking this uh, sometime over the weekend. It was probably yesterday when I was down here by myself for a while. And I was thinking, Lord, when, I build, when we build a new church, we're going to have a deliverance room. So don't, don't let me forget that. We're going we to have a deliverance room. You know, it'll be quiet where everybody can't nobody hear all that screaming. It'll be padded. We might, we might have a padded. So they don't hurt themselves. But it has to be well, well insulated, soundproof. Because see what the devil, he, does, he wants to distract everybody else from receiving he want to have people's attention more on that. And what you got to do, listen to your, anybody who ever leads any, if y'all, because y'all going to have demons manifest in y'all small groups. Y'all ain't saying much. Y'all little flight groups. If you Remember, if we're doing this right, we start bringing people from the community into those flight groups. You're going to have demons manifest in your flight groups. And the devil, what he wants to do is distract everybody so you can't do what you're called to do. So you have to know how to know deal with that demon. Don't ever let the devil get prime time in your service. Don't ever let the devil get prime time in your service. Anything you're in charge of, you're in charge. You're in charge. So let me cut to the chase here. So there's the girls that dealing with the young lady here. Beautiful young lady, and the devil's just trying to trying to kill her. And he's saying, he's saying, I'm gonna kill her. I will kill her. I will kill her. And I, so we've been working everything we know in Jesus' name, can come out so forth. And you know, I'm and I'm talking back to the devil. You a liar. Shut up. I said, you're not gonna kill her. Shut up. That's how you gotta talk to the devil. You know he's a liar, right? So he, he said, I'm gonna kill her. I said, you a liar. You're not gonna kill her. Some of y'all will get that by Thursday. He says, I'm going to kill you. I said, no, you're a liar. Well, no, the Bible says he's a murderer too. Yeah, he's a murderer, but he's a liar. He can't murder if you don't listen to his lie. He can't murder if you don't listen to his lie. So I said, I said shut up, you're a liar. You're a liar, you're not, you're not going to kill him. And I said, I said, furthermore, you know you can't. I said, because if you could have, you would have. I'm 
just talking to the devil like that. Shut up. See, you can't be afraid. He'll take your authority. The greater one's in you. And so I said, okay, I need to back up on this thing here. So I said, let me just, let me just pray in the spirit for them. Lord, show me, show me what, what's happening. What, what do we need to do to get this thing finally out of here? And um, then I'm talking about the anointing teaches you. And what happened? What did he give me? A word of knowledge. He says, she's got a broken heart. And she has a spirit of grief. It's a spirit of grief. A spirit of heaviness. Right? You're back there, Laquan. And all of a sudden, I begin to say, okay. I bind you, spirit of grief. You, spirit of heaviness. You come out of this girl and leave her alone. And it just, of course, oh, ah, ah, it, just, it just gets worse for a minute. But that's what happened in, in Matthew 17. What happened in Mark 9. When Jesus dealt with the spirit, the spirit acted up even worse. But it acted up worse on the way out. And what happened? We did that a couple more minutes. Before you know, all of a sudden, she just went like this. Just all of a sudden, boom, gone. Now, every one of us is anointed. All I did was said, anointing, teach me. Tell me what to do right here. You remember when, this is in uh, Acts, uh, I think it's Acts chapter 9, where Peter goes, there's a woman named Dorcas, she's died. She's died. Am I right? Is Acts chapter 9? Somewhere around there. She dies, and they call Peter to go to Joppa. And after she dies, the widows, they're all crying and screaming. Um, and is it chapter 9? Okay. Verse 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works. I might as well save these notes for later. Shoot. There's a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Keep going, please. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. She became sick and died. Now, if, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you think, well, sickness and death is just natural, you understand this, there's, there's, it's not. It's not. Remember, this woman had a spiritual infirmity. So sickness comes from demonic sources. All of it. All of it. Listen to me. This is very, this is very good here. I'm going to put a pin in here. Because we think, well, well, no, it's because you ate too much salt. Or you, okay, or you ate too much beef, or you ate too much pork. There are people in other parts of the world who that's all they eat. Or you ate too much rice. There are people in parts of the world that's all they eat. And they live 140 years, 150 years. 140, yeah, there are people on this planet well over 120 years old. I was watching Prophet T.B. Joshua. Some of y'all may have heard of him, Prophet T.B. Prophet Joshua over in Nigeria. 
He, he moved to heaven last year suddenly. And uh, he's a man of God who flowed with anointing, but the devil attacked him. You know Prophet T.B. Joshua? And Prophet T.B. Joshua, he went and he was a, a philanthropist like you wouldn't meet. Meaning they just go and they just bless people. Wealthy man, man of God, prophet. And they go into villages and he, he found people and he, he, they had videos of, uh, you know, an old lady, 137 years old, or an old man, 156 years old. And they're, they're just, they're, I mean, they're shriveled up. See, we just, ain't nobody that old. That's just in America. People, people have learned to die. We've learned to die. See, over there, they don't have all the commercials. They don't have all the commercials that teach them how to die. They don't have all the billboards teach them how to die young. One out of three people die of this. Oh, they don't have that. So they, they just live long. Just naturally. So I'm trying to think how I got over here. Oh, sickness. About sickness being demonic. So sickness and, and death are demonic. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So death is an enemy. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 talks about how Jesus Christ, who he, he lived like us and he went through what we went through, that he might experience death for all of us. And then verse 15, Hebrews 2, 15, put it over there. It says they released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So when you have fear of death, you're bound to death. You're, you're bound to die. Got it? Okay, go back to nine, Acts 9.37. Acts 9.37. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Keep going. And since Lydda was near Joppa, that's where they were in Lydda, Peter was over in Joppa, and the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Hey, now, what happened to, to, to the lady? She and they said, hurry up and come. I'm about to sit down on y'all. She's already dead. He said, hurry up. See, our American mentality, Pastor, Pastor Joshua, well, call Krill. <laughs> call Mac Ray. Just say, you know, they gone. I'm not picking you, I'm just because we've been, we've been bred that way. But I believe, oh my, I believe that God is bringing up a, a generation of people who are going to say, somebody died? Hey, hurry up, come, come. No, don't, 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 don't call a mortuary, no, no, no. Don't call the ambulance. Call a man of God, call a woman of God. Matter of fact, if I'm here, I'm going to do something by myself. I'm not just going to let somebody be sick and just die and walk away. She's sick and she died and they told Peter, hurry up and come. But she's already dead. She's already dead. What did he hurry up and come for? Why would he hurry up and come? Because they have an expectation. That death is not more powerful than the anointing. Oh, Jesus. I, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking for that kind of church. 
where sickness is not more powerful than the anointing, where even death is not more powerful than the anointing. This is the anointing which you have. Tell somebody, you have that kind of anointing. I told you this a, a couple weeks ago. Um, this, this is a few weeks ago, I think it was, when I talked to you about uh, how when, when that man, uh, when, when the children of Israel were in a battle and Elisha had already died. Elijah had died, and the Bible says in the next spring, Israel went out to fight, and one of Israel's fighters died, and they, because they didn't have time to properly bury, bury him, they threw his dead body into Elisha's grave, and the Bible says that when, it, when that dead soldier's dead body hit Elisha's dried up bones, he revived and got up and lived. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not fantasy. I'm going to come back on this side. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not fantasy. That is the reality within the reality. That is our reality within the reality. We're not bound by natural law. We're not bound by natural circumstance. We live in a totally different reality because we walk by faith and not by sight. And the anointing which we have is greater than death, is greater than sickness. And that's the kind of church God is raising up in these last days. The Acts Church is being revived. The Acts Church is being revived. And we're going to go through verse 31 because verse 31 says something powerful. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for that. He just reminded me of, he said verse 31 is powerful. We're going to get there. Watch. No, don't go there yet. Don't go there yet. Go back to verse 27. 27. We're going to go to verse 31. We're going to get there. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, okay. Third, I'm in 30, 37 right now. It said, but it happened those days that she became sick and died, became sick and died when they had washed her. They laid her in the upper room, verse 38. Come on. And since little was near Joppa and the disciples heard that she, that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Verse 39, keep going. And then Peter arose. Now they told him he's, she's dead. He arose and went with them. That means Peter got expectation. Now the Bible doesn't tell us what, what Peter's doing at that time. Peter might have been sitting around chilling. He might have been praying the Holy Ghost, but he might have been sitting around playing checkers. You follow what I'm saying to you? He might have just been sitting around just hanging out. Just chit-chatting with friends. Eating some peanuts. No. Deacon Mac know how to roast some peanuts. Pastor, why you said it? Because what I'm trying to tell you is that when you're anointed and when you're consecrated, at any time you're called on, the anointing is already there. They said, don't delay. This means he didn't have time to go fast for three days. He's living such a consecrated life all the time that even when he's kind of just let his hair down, possibly. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us what he's doing. But even at any, at any given time, he's ready. 
It says, when it come, he, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing their tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. What are they doing? They're responding naturally. Right? right? But look at verse 40. But Peter put them all out. Where did he learn that from? Jesus. We saw the same thing in Mark chapter 5. When Jesus went to Jairus' house because Jairus' daughter was sick and she had died, he took in Peter, James, and John. He took in uh, uh, that little girl's uh, parents and he put everybody else out because you got to get all the unbelief out. You got to get all the widow spirit out. You got to get all the naysayers out. You got to get all the mockers and the scorners out. You need the right atmosphere because no one is going to operate in the right atmosphere. And it doesn't take many. Jesus went in. Jesus, Peter, James, John, and the two parents. That's six. But here in Acts 9.40 is Peter. I need my prayer partner. You know it by yourself. Your prayer partner might be doing their hair right now. You need. <laughs> might be out in the country. What you gonna do without your prayer partner? I need somebody to agree with me. Jesus agrees with you already. The Word agrees with you. The Holy Ghost already agrees with you. Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. He knelt, this, this part I was trying to get to, this verse right here. He knelt down and prayed. Why? He's anointed, but the anointing is going to teach him something. I went through all that to get to this right here. The anointing is going to teach him something. The anointing is going to tell him what to do. He doesn't know what to do. He knows I carry the anointing, but I need to know what do I do. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, he prayed, he prayed. He's not praying to pray up. Let me let me build up, build up my, you know, let me, you know how you can, you know, some of some of those video games. I'm, I'm not a gamer. You power up. Somebody said it. those video games. Uh, I, I play sometimes. I used to play uh, with Jonathan. You know, the the kicking game. Like when you play Madden. You, you ever played Madden football? And, um, and when you're going to kick a field goal or even kick a, a kickoff, they have a little, a little meter that tells you, you know, you got you to let it get to a full point. Because if you don't let it get full, your kick's going to go like, Pew. but if you let it get all the way full, so you got you to time it. You got to time it to when it gets all the way there, you, then you kick the ball. It's a, it's a lot to think about. That's why I don't play it. It's too many buttons, first of all. When, I, when we had, a, had video games, my Atari had a stick. And if I wanted to shoot, it was boom. So we played combat. It didn't look like y'all video games look today. It was just a little like little square. And we got it. And it, it couldn't go on like that. It just go up and down or forward and backward. And then you want to shoot, you go boom. I mean, these things, they got like 12, 13, 14 buttons on these things. So much thinking. But Peter didn't have time 
he, uh, rather, he wasn't praying to power up. He was praying for instruction, praying for wisdom, praying for the anointing to teach him all things or concerning all things. This was a thing that concerned him. So he gets the answer and then he turns to the body. He said. So what he got from the Holy Ghost, from the anointing was Peter say Y'all missed it. Peter, say, Tabitha, arise. You can just say, girl, get up. Come on, Jesus' name. Right, come on, get up. Get up. And this is what I'm telling you. This is what was happening back here, Laquan, right? Because we were all in Jesus' name. We command you, come out, get up. Shut up, come out. I mean, shut up, come out, get up, come out. I mean, we just, we going, we're doing everything we read as Jesus said, shut up and come out. Someone said, Jesus, shut up. I said, girl, shut up. Come out. Shut up. Come out. I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out. Jesus of Nazareth. I'm going to do the whole King James. I'm on Jesus of Nazareth, whom we preach. I mean, we're doing everything. But what, what we needed, one instruction. Say this. Say this. Jesus' ministry in the 12th chapter of John, no, 14th chapter of John, when Jesus says, my father in me, he, do, he does the works. He's talking about how everything he did, he moved in, he said what he heard his father say, he did whatever he saw his father do. So he's getting his instruction from the Father. He didn't just run his mouth and blab. If we, had, if we didn't get that instruction, Laquanda, we might still be in there. Shut him and come out. Okay, we have to get in shifts. Okay, you come. Because the devil will wear you out. He was wearing us out. Well, I just got in there. They had been in there a long time. Ooh, boy, they, okay, let me get up. Because you know you're on the ground, your knees, everything, just like, oh, man, it's uncomfortable. Now, the devil comfortable. The devil is like, I can do this forever. See? So Peter got the instruction. Tabitha, arise and watch what happened. She opened her eyes. She opened her eyes. Now, that, that sounds so, so simple. She opened her eyes, but remember, she was dead. Y'all missed it. She was dead. It isn't just like somebody just like sitting there like this. She was dead. Which meant when he said Tabitha arise, that meant that death had to release her spirit, her soul to re-enter her body. This happened so quickly. This happened so quickly. She opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Now I don't know about you. But I, I have imagined, because I've been saying, Lord, I'm believing that you're going to use me to raise the dead. I've, I've, I've said, but. Okay. <laughs> Come on, help me out. Help me out. Well, I'm believing you to raise the dead, but I want to kind of ease into that thing. I don't about to just pop up on me like, pop up. Oh, oh what?
Because if that's the case, I'm about to walk into the funeral home and they be way up there and be back here. Rise in Jesus' name. Rise. You spirit of death, get off that person. I'm going to be way back here. I'm just being honest with you. I'm being transparent. I'm just saying, Lord, let, let me ease into that. Then he gave her his hand, verse 41, and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Watch verse 42, ladies and gentlemen. And it became known throughout all St. Petersburg. It became known throughout all the Bay Area. It became known all throughout your whole job. What happens if God uses you and your anointing to minister to somebody on your job? It'll become known. All of a sudden, your lunchtime is going to be real busy. People are just going to start sliding by your desk. Hey, um, at lunch, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? You're going to have to get used to fasting because you won't have time to eat. You'll eat later. I said you'll eat later. But God's going to use that anointing that's on your life to do these things. Here. Let, me, let me close here. Let me close here. This, see, the anointing teaches you all things. I want, I want you to see this anointing works and it's on you all the time. I, I was, I was going to wait. Um, one of the young ladies in the, in the church testified to me. Uh, I guess it was Wednesday. Uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. Alexis, this Pastor Joshua and Anna's daughter, the baby girl. And, um, huh? The baby girl, yeah. And uh, remember last Sunday, we had all the youth come up, or those who are students come up, and we anointed all the students and the teachers and so forth. Well, <laughs> pause that. Let me come to something else. I was telling Pastor Caleb yesterday, when the Lord had me to anoint him, his wife, Saxon, his wife, and Minister Alicia, did y'all did y'all notice I didn't say anything? You know why? He he didn't tell me to say anything. And I told him yesterday, I said, man, that was so weird. I said, that was weird because. We're used to just saying, we're just going to say something. He said the Lord wouldn't let me say anything. In other words, let, let the anointing do the work. There's just a transfer going on. I don't need you to say anything. And some, my point is, sometimes we, we talk just to talk. Sometimes we talk just to talk. And that's not how the anointing works. Jesus says, I only say what I hear my father say. So don't, we got to get out of the habit when we're operating in the anointing of talking just to talk. Because when we do that, we actually become religious. Somebody's being trained in the anointing this morning. Some of y'all have sleep, but the rest of y'all, you're being trained in the anointing. Because God's going to use you and 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 you. Every one of you who will take this, God's going to use you in extraordinary ways in these last days. Tell you, you're going to cast out devils. Tell them you're going to heal the sick. You're going to cleanse the lepers. Tell them you're going to open blind eyes. You're going to unstop deaf ears. 
You're going to make the lame get up and walk. Tell them, yes, you. So when I was laying hands on them, he wouldn't let me say anything because he's doing the work. That's what you just said in John 14. My father, he doeth he do the work. He do, that's King James. My father does the work. Thank you, Lord. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick. Oh, just lay the hands. Just, just lay the hands. My father's going to do the work. Huh? Who? Tell him about who? Rebecca, thank you, thank you. Because you know I forgot. I'm like, how do I get over here? I, I don't have any notes. And so, Rebecca, she's one of those people who we lay hands on them. With the oil. We anointed her with oil, just like we anointed every, every person up here. I never prayed. I didn't pray for any of the kids. I just laid my hands. The Holy Ghost said, just lay hands on them, anoint them. That's it. I didn't, pray for, I didn't pray for them. I didn't pray anything until I prayed generally for God to bless everyone of them in school and that anointing on, on them, let it operate. She comes in Wednesday night. Pastor, pastor, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, what, what, what happened? She said, I got healed. I said, what happened? How long has it been, Anna, that she's been in this issue with her leg? She's had a leg issue. At least a year and four months, I know. That she has been battling this issue. It, it, it kind of presented like neuropathy. You know what neuropathy is? It's where nothing can touch your leg. Nothing, you, nothing can, it's just, it, it hurts. It, painful. She'd walk. She, I mean, just, just had this thing. And they've been to doctors, specialists, even, if you allow me, psychiatrists. Because they're trying to figure out what it is, and they're saying it's nothing, nat nothing physical. It's nothing physical. So now they're trying to check her brain. And you know, like, what's, this, what's, what's, what's happened or whatever. I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is giving, tell you, telling you the power of the anointing. It's one o'clock. Let me finish. So laying hands on her. Now, trust me. Her parents have prayed for her. We've prayed for her. I'm not saying this was the one thing that did it. I'm saying the anointing works. I'm not trying to take credit for anything. You understand what I'm saying to you? But... I'm saying that anointing was released, and she said Monday she got full manifestation of that healing that she had been battling for a year and a half. And what did it? Pastor John, no, the anointing did it. You carry that same anointing. Every one of us, we carry that same anointing. I'm excited about tonight. Y'all stand to your feet. To your feet. I'm going to tell you something. 
Warren, my brother, I'm so excited about Saxton because God even is using him. Now, I know God's given to me to pour a lot into him, but there are things I'm gleaning from him. And one thing is a holy boldness like I've not seen. Can I, I'm talking about the anointing here. We're sitting the other day, and I take, take him and his, his family. We're going to breakfast. Kissing cousins. Y'all know the hangout spot. I hadn't, I hadn't been kissing cousins in years. Everybody said it wasn't the same. I found out it, it's the same. It's good. It's, 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 it was still good. Kissing cousins was still banging. And uh, so we went to breakfast the other day, and we're, we're sitting there at the table. We're talking and just sharing about things, things of the Lord, and he's asking me questions. He's, you know, learning, so, so forth, trying to glean from me. And mid-sentence, he jumps up, and I don't, like, I don't even notice he got up, but it's like gone. And I'm like, so I look over, and he gone up to a man in line, waiting in line at Kissing Cousins. Come on, come here, little Chris. He goes to this man, and he says, um, I, I don't know what he said, but all of a sudden he lays hands on the man and on his back, and all of a sudden, I hear the man saying, whoa, wow, thank you. Bro, thank you for that. He said, praise God. And he began to minister to them other things. I'm like, wait, 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 we're just talking. What happened? <laughs> and here's what, let me, let me add this to. So we're, we're having lunch. I took them out to lunch Friday. And... Uh, we're sitting in this restaurant, and uh, the server, a young, young lady, comes up to us, and she's been serving all the time. We're getting ready to leave, and he says, hey, before you go, he says, I feel like the Lord's telling me that you're battling anxiety. So I gather the guy was dealing with the back. You're battling anxiety. He, she, she, he says, are you battling anxiety? And she says, yes, a whole lot I'm battling right now. And he just, we, right then, we just grabbed and laid hands on a prayer and all that kind of stuff and, and dealing with that with peace. And what I glean from that. I don't question whether I have the anointing. What, what I learn is no hesitation. And it reminded me of something that my spiritual dad taught me a couple years ago. He said, Jonathan, hesitation will stifle the anointing. In other words, when you, when you get that check in your spirit, you get that word in your spirit, move on it right away. And if you don't hesitate, the anointing will flow through you. And I said, man, I just watched that before my eyes. All right, God, I got you. I got you. I don't question my anointing. I don't want you questioning your anointing. Even when you don't feel like it. You still have it. And the anointing will teach you and tell you things. Just flow in it and watch what God will do through your life. God's going to use you to change the world around you. Can you receive that today? Yes. Give God a praise. Give God a praise for that. Praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We got some good stuff. We'll get to it later. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your anointing that's on us. I thank you that you have released your spirit not only in us, but you, Lord, at times you put your spirit upon us even. That anointing 
to operate, to move, to act, to respond, to work. I pray, Father, that each person in this room walks out, walks in the anointing that you've placed upon our lives. God, we will not question that anointing anymore. And I know that, Lord, of people like me, there are times you don't feel it. We don't feel it. Lord, I imagine most times we don't feel it. But it's there. It's there. Just like we can't see electricity inside a socket, but it's there. We know it's there. God, I thank you, Lord, that your people will operate in the gifts and calling that's on each life and that your people will live supernatural lives and that God demons will be afraid when we wake up in the morning they'll be afraid when we show up to work they'll be afraid when we show up at school because they know that we're carrying the power to destroy every work that he set up in people's lives and I thank you now that we're part of this end time movement of holiness and power everybody say holiness and power. and power. And we're part of it. So I pray today that you'll use this church, this people, among others, to do great exploits as those who know our God. Use us, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a great praise today.